All right, I'm actually going to do that. <laughs> Welcome back to the Infinite Rabbit Hole. Where we're down s- you fucking piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the Infinite Rabbit Hole, where we're down so deep, we're having adventures in Wonderland. I am your host for this evening, CJ, here with my esteemed, lovely, and sexy, in that order, co-hosts, Jeremy... Andrew and Jake, how are you guys doing today? Doing good. I'm esteemed? <laughs> what is esteemed? Why do I not know that word? Esteemed is like... It's good. Uh, it's, good. it's literally good. You're okay. Yeah. He's, not, he's not making fun of you. Well, which one man, it's, like a man of, it's like a man of prestige. Pretty? You were sexy. Huh? You were oh, sexy. sexy. Oh, nice. Oh, held in great respect. Admired. Oh, I like that. That's good. Yeah, I'm esteemed. <laughs> I have no talents. I'm just good looking. <laughs> So now that we've had our grammar and vocabulary lesson, I feel like it's time for us to scratch the surface. Now, while we're down here and having our adventures in Wonderland, uh, we might know about Alice in Wonderland and it's uh, revolving around music. That's a good thing because that's what we're talking about here today. Uh, On this episode of the Infinite Rabbit Hole, we're going to be discussing music and the elite that try to pass us messages through that. There's a big question out there where why would somebody in the 1% try to tell us about the things that the 1% are doing to the rest of the 99%? Why they would reveal those secrets, why they would try to warn us. They have nothing to gain and everything to lose. So we're going to go through that today and we're going to break down a few songs in a couple different genres of music and we're going to discuss that in depth and hopefully come to some sort of conclusion as to why they would tell us these things. Since we've scratched the surface, now it's time to sniff it. Jeremy? (laughs) That's not what we say at all. I know it's not, but that's what I went with. So, if you want to contact Infinite Rabbit Hole, you can do so at infiniterabbithole at gmail.com. Let us know if you have any stories that you would like us to tell on the show, or if you'd like to come on and tell us your scary, spooky stories about the unknown. If you would like to follow us on any social media you can follow us at facebook.com forward slash infinite rabbit hole our twitter and instagram handles are infinite rh pod we've been doing a lot of uh updates recently to the instagram trying to get uh more active in there jake recently posted uh, a nice little picture about him uh smoking a butt which uh thank you jake smoking that butt smoking a butt it was delicious it was a pork butt i feel like that has a a different connotation nowadays whatever however they take it i was smoking a butt yeah he was smoking that butt anyways um but the one thing that we really do want to ask you guys and it it would be a huge help you know those that listen to us on apple or if you don't and you just have an apple iphone or an, an apple product at all go on to itunes or apple Podcasts and leave us a rating and review uh, we have right now we have 13 ratings. We average a 4.7 star rating, but we have absolutely no reviews. We want to know how we're doing. Let us know, guys. We want to know if we're doing good. We want to know if we're doing bad. Um, we've had 12 five star ratings and one one star. We pissed somebody off. Um, Isn't that the guy that left us the voicemail? I'm pretty sure it's that guy. <laughs> um, <laughs> pretty pretty sure. So if if he's listening, you know, a. a Maybe don't leave us a review. Maybe, yeah, maybe <laughs> you've, you've already left us a review and uh, it's very much appreciated. And we'll 
we probably won't take that into uh, into effect. You know, we really don't care. Jeremy's um, lying. Fuck you, dude. <laughs> wow, that's messed up. I mean, you know what though? CJ said it, so that's uh, it. Anyways, the guy didn't like something that we did. He said that we're a joke and blah blah blah. The was thing the about it, triangle one. No, it was the freaking the. It's a cryptozoology. We did. It was one of the episodes we did on cryptids. Oh, I thought we were talking about the voicemail about how we're disgusting for having that author on our show, even though he's a legitimate author. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. But anyways, the it, it was him. You're you're absolutely correct. But the thing is, is like the the world of cryptozoology is so cutthroat. Right. Everyone thinks that they do it right. And the, the, the issue with the, the world of cryptozoology is that there is zero experts and zero professionals. You know, you have people that do it full time. You have people that do it part time. And even the full timers uh, aren't professionals because let's just be honest. Cryptids are cryptids because they haven't been found yet. By definition, there cannot be a professional in that field. You should have and, you should ask them be like, where's your picture of Sasquatch? All right, and shut up. <laughs> right? <laughs> then shut up, dude. Anyways, we went a little little far there, so I'll go ahead and give it to Andrew to talk about our Patreon. Yeah, so, uh, guys, we have a, a Patreon. Uh, it's been since the launch of this podcast in September 2020. Uh, Infinite Rabbit Hole uh, has been trying to attract people with uh, weekly curiosities, right? Diving in, uh, having... Uh, different takes on things like the Project Blue being uh, cryptids, like the Bigfoot or not the Bigfoot, uh, Simpsons time travel, uh, among other things. Um, uh, we do want to keep on uh, making the show uh, and bring something bigger and better for you, but we do need your help. So by supporting the uh, podcast through the Patreon, it allows us for growth and bring you uh, more contact so we can, or sorry, content so we can grow and possibly uh, have different things like uh, future merch or other things like that um, that we're, we're trying to plan. Uh, but we don't have um, any of the funding for that until we get the support from uh, viewers like you. So definitely, if you uh, do like the content, please uh, check out the Patreon and see what different uh, options we have and uh, get the bonuses uh, that you would want as well supporting us so jeremy kind of touched on it ratings and reviews um you can leave us a voicemail at anchor.fm slash infinite rabbit hole and if you do leave us a voicemail we will play it on the next available episode you can follow us on youtube where we also post up our uh our podcast episodes and you can leave a comment on there what you liked what you didn't like please just hit us up everywhere that you can leave us a review or a like or a subscribe you know we're we're really appreciative of it we really appreciate the support we appreciate it when fans reach out to us and tell us hey talk about this next time talk about that next time where i have a short story to tell uh you guys or you know hey if you want to be on you can always hit us up in multiple different ways yeah we appreciate it thank you so if you leave us a nasty voicemail like that last guy did not only will we play it on the episode but cj gonna talk hella shit on you afterwards and you don't have to subscribe to patreon i'll give that no. one to you for free no we'll just just play it just <laughs> it'll be funny and be like here's our nasty gram of the of the week <laughs> just play the terrible we voicemail should. we should shouldn't we we should play that that guy if he's freaking out and stuff just be like yeah we got our first voicemail and <laughs> just play it and then just start laughing it was you old know, you know what 
let's uh let's do it uh want to do it at the end of this episode sure you'll have to send me a link no no i i'll, I'll add it uh when i upload the, the episode oh okay cool yeah um yeah there's a button right on anchor that I could just say play this this thing right here bop right. done cool that and works that's awesome all right, gentlemen, since we've scratched the surface and have fully dove into the hole, are you ready to have our adventure in Wonderland? Before we jump in, I just want to say a lot of music can be portrayed as politically leaning in different directions. Infinite Rabbit Hole, we remain neutral, okay? We're not trying to piss off anybody. This is just strictly dissecting some really good music or some really bad music, depending on who you are. And we're talking about the the, the hidden meanings behind it. So some of it is politically charged. Uh, please don't take offense to it. We're reporting what we found, and we just really hope that you guys enjoy the show. Yeah, definitely. There are definitely some some bands out there that are very, very politically fueled and have very clear, um, what's the word, when you're on either side, right? So we're not, we're not, we're not taking bias. This is, this is, uh, yeah, strictly observatory. Yeah. I think it's a good word for that. And it really is an interesting concept because when you stop for a minute and realize that you listen to music almost every day, most people do. We listen to music almost every single day. But the question is, are you listening to it or are you hearing it? And when we come through, and start listening to songs and we're like, wow, we really like this. And then maybe one day you're updating Facebook and you're like, man, you know what? I want to throw some lyrics up there. I really like that song. I'm going to put it up there, let people read it. And maybe I'll find some of my tribe out there. Right. And you, you do that. And then as you're going through the lyrics, I, I'm sure most of us have done this at some point. You're reading the lyrics and you're like, oh, 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 wow. <laughs> yep. <laughs> right. And you're like, hmm. <laughs> Maybe I don't want to post that, but, uh, you know, and other times you're like, wow, this is way better than I thought it was. And then you really start listening to the meanings and those are just the words, you know, when you, when you read those words and and you find those meanings behind those words, a lot of times there's an alternate meaning and that's determined by the inflection and tone and the delivery of the artist itself. And we're really going to try to touch on that a lot this episode. And really give you guys some very uh, clear-cut breakdowns for what these artists were trying to convey. At least what we think. All right, let, let's let's put that on the table. Everything that's about to be said on this episode is strictly what we think. It's not going to be, you know, Dr. So-and-so of this said this about the song. Maybe somebody will say something like that. But most of it is going to be our own personal interpretations. We These songs were handpicked by us. We weren't handed them. And... Um, we're really hoping that this gives you guys something to think about going down the line and and really helps to like kind of move some sort of message along, you know, especially when we cover future topics and different conspiracy theories and things like that. Uh, before yeah. we get into it, do you guys have anything to add? I have something really quick. Uh, CJ, I just want to say, you know, thank you for coming up with this topic. CJ came up with this a little while back and we kind of kicked around the idea for a little while and we finally came up to a good opportunity to get it done. Uh, CJ presented us with a challenge. You know, he said, I, I need everyone to, to find a song that, that they want to dissect and, and dive into the true meaning of, of the song. And uh, it was, it was hard because 
I had trouble trying to find not only a song that I really wanted to dissect myself, but something that had enough meaning behind it. And I think I landed on something really good. And I, I've, I've peeked into what they also brought for, for the most part, this is all going to be uh, reactionary from everybody. Um, but I'm very excited to see what they have. And I think that this is going to be a good episode. I didn't quite understand the assignment with this. And an issue that I had was that I don't really listen to a lot of the music I used to listen to because of bad lyrics and, you know, vulgarity and all that sort of stuff. You can't really find many conspiracy theories in gospel music uh, like Mercy Me and Casting Crowns and stuff. But, oh, I mean, there was a time in my life that I listened to a lot you know, a lot of harsh music and stuff. And so I kind of had to really think about, you know, what I used to listen to uh, in certain areas of my life. And I think that I found probably the best thing that I could come up with as far as, uh, as far as a music or a song choice that had, could have a double or triple or even a quadruple meaning from a really, really good artist. So, I'm excited to get into this. I'm excited to hear how your guys's uh, kind of breaking down your songs went. I listened to all your guys's music. I'd heard all your songs before, but I listened to it right before we started recording so that I could kind of have it fresh in my mind. So as you're going through the lyrics, I could be like, okay, yeah, yeah I can see where you're coming from with this instead of it just being like, ah, man, I haven't heard that song in like five years. But I'm really interested to see you know, what different takes you guys have as far as, you know, conspiracy theories or, hey, this is what they're trying to tell us. It should be really cool. Awesome. You can find uh, definitely a lot of uh, things out there. Uh, it tends to be like the punk genre um, is the main focus of uh, stuff like this. But there's also like we were talking about this with CJ a little bit Um it's not just like Big Brother. There's other like things out there, like music industry and screwing over people and other things like that. So, um, it's just like a voice that's out there, like uh, that they put like a nice little tune to it. So you might be like bobbing your head and not realizing, like, oh, this is talking about like overthrowing the government or something like that. Like ninety nine loof balloons, right? That was about uh, nuclear war. No one really knew it because it was in German. So like was it really? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Goldfinger. Uh, Goldfinger did a uh oh what is that like a remix or whatever? And they sang the first couple of verses in English and finished in German. Jeez. I love that song. That's a good song. Mm-hmm. I bang my head to it, but don't listen to lyrics. Mm. <laughs> well, see that exactly, that goes exactly what I was saying. <laughs> yeah, it's and it's exactly what Andrew was just saying too. He he hit it right on the mark. Yeah. And, you know, when you do listen to these lyrics and, and you come back and like you actually hear the music and you're just sitting there later and you're like, damn. It's also uh, one of the reasons, like if you buy an album, I know nobody buys albums anymore, but when when you buy an album, you know, if you just know like you you bought an album because you know a song that's on the album or you like the band, it's their new album, but you're more than likely you're familiar with a single on that album. And like if it's like number eight, you just skip to number eight right away albums are written in the order they're written in for a reason you're supposed to listen to it from mm -hmm. the first song to the last song much like you'd watch a movie a lot of people don't understand that either and it's, it really is part about uh, hearing whatever message that the band itself is trying to deliver 
or the rapper or choir or whatever type of music you're listening to you know i'm gonna i'm gonna say the word band a lot during this episode and just know that i'm being inclusive of everything that's just the word i like to use i like it when people get attached to a certain song and the lyrics are right out there in front of them but no one listens to it and it doesn't really affect them like when i was doing this one of the ones i looked up was pumped up kicks because yes that song is so good right it's so good it has a great beat i love the way that the sound of when the singer is is singing um the sound of like the microphone that he's using or whatever they're using to edit it that kind of like echoey kind of like you're in a you're in a blank room kind of sound yeah i really really like it i really attach myself to it and what's interesting (laughs) about that song is that you know and it's speculated oh this is about killing people and stuff well it truly is the the song is about the inner monologue of a kid who quite literally takes his dad's gun and wants to go to school and shoot all of his classmates with it and when it says all the kids with their pumped up kicks what's that in in reference to is the air jordans with the pump on it because all of the popular rich kids would buy the air jordans and it had that little pump on it and all of the kids that were bullied and picked on and everything and were the outcasts wore chuck taylor's and all sorts of stuff right so they would so when he's saying that he's literally pointing out i'm going to go to school and shoot all of these rich preppy kids and he the the band even talks about i believe the band even talks about that you know it's interesting because all of the rich preppy kids are the ones that listen to this song and love it so much, (laughs) (laughs) but that's literally like, it's not, you can read the lyrics and see this is exactly what it is, but it's got such a catchy beat and it's so well done that people just skip completely over this, you know, these, this crazy, you know, lyrical, you know, work that he's got and just listen to the beat because it's, you know, it flows, it flows really well. You know, so the, it's, it's really interesting. The crazy part is, in that song specifically, they really are trying to deliver a message about, you know, bullying and, and clicking right. and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. When CJ first came up with this topic, that's the first song that came to my head. And, I, you know, I'm not going to lie, I was kind of scared to do it because of the, the sensitive subject of school shootings and everything. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't know, you know, I don't even know if I want to even do a, a deep dive into this because I, I have friends that, are you know only two families separated from uh sandy hook up in connecticut where i'm from right and uh you know i was like yeah you know i'm I'm gonna i'm not gonna touch this one uh but you know i'm I'm happy that we at least got to touch on that one because that is one where i've said that to people actually quite a few times in my life about the true meaning of that song and they're like there's no way and i might do either google it or listen to the damn song (laughs) right so i actually listened to it yeah and I mean, like that's, but that's true for a lot of songs we listen to. Like uh, another good one is "Fortunate Son" by uh, Creedence Clearwater Revival. Everyone kind of mm. listens to that song, and they're just like, they're "Like this is a patriotic song." But quite literally in the lyrics, they're saying that I am not the one that was born with the silver spoon in my mouth. You know, I am not some rich man's son. I'm going to be the one that gets sent to war, not this politician's kid. You know, mm-hmm. and so it's not patriotic whatsoever it's actually very anti-war anti-government um but you know people will just listen to it and then you know 
I don't know, maybe it's just the idea of, you know, because clearly I'm in the military, right? I'm not some politician's kid. Maybe it's just the idea of all of us, you know, peons banding together and we're the ones that are sent to war anyway. So there's some sort of, you know, community and patriotism wrapped up in that. But it's, uh, you know, it's interesting, just the music we listen to, there's so much of it where uh, I, I actually did have to really find a good one, a good song, because it seems that most of the music, if it has any sort of weight to it at all, and it's not just some auto-tune crap, just, you know, just the same the same lyric over and over and over again that seems to be so popular these days, if it's any has any worth to it whatsoever or any content or any meaning to it, there's going to be a double meaning. There's going to be, you know, this is what it sounds like. This is what it is, or this is what the artist is trying to convey. Um, and even like that, that song drowning pool, uh, bodies that let the bodies hit the floor song. I was looking into that and it actually, if you really look into it, it's really surprising. It's about killing people. Like, I don't know if you guys know that it's, it's pretty crazy, you know? (laughs) Yeah, no, we can't, we definitely could not tell that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no, it's the hidden message underneath the song. It's about killing people. But yeah. 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 It's definitely about mental health and not receiving the help you need. And right? just having a psychotic break and offing everyone you can. Yep. You gotta you gotta read between the lines on it though. Yeah, I know we were doing like the uh, Big Brother and whatever, but I kinda wanted to do Hey Ya when I uh, when you initially talked about it, but I know that's nothing to pertaining to like the actual subject. Cause like, um, cause that's like another one of those ones that people just dance to and not realizing it's a song about like being in a bad relationship. And literally in the lyrics, uh, he calls people out saying, you're not going to really listen to my message. You're just going to dance, hmm. which makes me like laugh. I'm like, damn, he called us out. Yeah. Yeah. But these artists, they know. They know exactly what's going on. They're making music because they're good at it, and it's making them a fortune. But at the same time, there are a few of them out there that are really like, hey, listen to what we're doing because this is important. Right. And I kind of feel like that's a good segue to really transition into our first deep dive. Uh, who wants to go first? I'll take it if nobody else wants to. or <laughs> I'll go first because uh, mine's story-driven. Cool. Um. Get all the boring crap out of the way first. Get all the boring <laughs> shit out of the way. Okay, then I'll go second. Perfect. All right. Get Me, the boring Andrew, people out. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. All right. It's kind of awkward. So, you know, like like I was saying when Jake was talking, there there was a couple songs that I went through uh, and kind of just landed on one. So I'm just, I'll just jump into it. I wrote a nice little script for it. So everyone enjoy. Growing up, I remember hearing thousands of songs that captured my attention for one reason or the other. My younger days were full of Blink-182, Limp Biscuit, and Eminem jams, mostly because they said, fuck in it. Uh, but throughout the years, I went through <laughs> phases of Breaking Benjamin and Chevelle, Insane Clown Posse, to the Cottonmouth Kings, Little Wayne, and Field Mob, all the way to Motion City Soundtrack and my guiltiest of pleasures, a band by the name of Say Anything. But one particular song by a group nobody has ever heard of took over my playlist time like no other. A catchy and feel-good chorus with a slow build-up through the song that forces you to yell the final verse at the top of your lungs. Listening to it now as an adult and being well-reminded of the world that we live in on an hourly and sometimes minute-by-minute basis, this song goes much deeper than I have ever imagined as a junior in high school. 
I'm talking about none other than the song Handlebars by the Flowbots. Ooh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. It's a solid classic, though. It's a fantastic pick. I think so. I think everyone that was older than 10 years old in the mid to late 2000s knows this song. I mean, honestly, I can't listen to it today without singing the entire song. But let's all be honest. Nobody back then really knew what the Flowbots were really telling us. We remember a catchy chorus and final verse that ends with us yelling about a global holocaust. I mean, honestly, this isn't a very deep song, but it has some really deep aspects to it. But one odd thing I would like to point out is that this song applies way better to current events than it did during the time it was created, in which it engulfs topics such as war, global politics, and the end of the world into a catchy tune that blasted through the speakers of the nation in in the 2000s. So how did they do it? And what is the true meaning behind the hit Handlebars by the Flowbots? The song begins with a very catchy intro chorus that snags your interest. I can ride my bike with no handlebars. No handlebars. No handlebars. Immediately after, we are led into the first of three progressively bragging, snarky, and darker verses. First one starts off with what seems like a few soapbox-like brags, with lines such as, Look at me, look at me, and I can do anything I want because look. This first verse quickly identifies the person telling the story as a person looking for self-gratification and attention. Immediately after we are given the second chorus of the song, which matches the very catchy flow of the intro chorus, but with different lyrics in which the protagonist claims to be able to keep rhythm with, without a metronome and being able to see your face in a telephone. Seemingly harmless brags that go along with the intro chorus in the first verse, but things start to take a darker and deeper turn as we dive into the second verse. Our protagonist again begins talking about how they can do small gestures around the community that are beneficial and deserves the attention of people around them. This is pointed out by lines like, I can make money, open up a thrift store. I can make a living off a magazine. I can design an engine 64 miles to a gallon of gasoline. Then quickly reveals the truth behind the goals of the protagonist with the last three lines of the verse saying, me and my friends understand the future. I can see the strings that control the system. I can do anything with no resistance, cuz. And by the end of the second verse, we see the whole path of our protagonist took to becoming the antagonist of the story, leading into his growth in world politics and power. The third chorus is when things begin to get really dark. With the addition of an electric guitar and a more aggressive tone, this chorus lends cadence to his power as a world leader and capabilities to destroy the world. The first line, I can lead a nation with a microphone, directly details his power on a national and global scale. And the second line, and I can split the atom of a molecule, is describing the part of the equation needed to conduct nuclear warfare. The third and last verse gets really dark, and I really just wanted to read the whole thing to you guys. That's what I'm going to do. Look at me, look at me, driving in, I won't stop. And it feels so good to be alive and on top. My reach is global, my tower secure, my cause is noble, my power is pure. I can hand out a million vaccinations or let them all die in exasperation, have them all heal from a laceration, 
or have them all killed by assassination. I can make anybody go to prison just because I don't like them. And I can do anything with no permission because I can got a missile by satellite. Right? Right? And you started getting into it. I did. Yeah, he, he was really and, trying to resist singing that. I yeah. was. And you lost the battle. <laughs> yeah. I did. But that's how that's what this song did to you. That's what it did to you. Yeah. Right? Is you 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 started off with this whole like, okay, cool. This is a chill little thing. You have the 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 handlebars and whatever, whatever. But by the end of it, on that last verse, you cannot help yourself but scream at the top of your lungs about how you can guide a missile by satellite. And hit a target through a telescope, and then I can end the planet in a holocaust. Yeah, and and you, they say it five additional times after that. A total of six times they say I can end the planet in a holocaust. Really driving it home, yeah. But you can't help it, and that's where like the magic of this song is. Like, okay, I know that this song has some really deep ties to it. You know, kind of counter contradicting what I just said, but let's be honest. Anybody listening to this song in, in the 2000s could not listen to it and not sing it. And I, for one, uh, didn't really know what I was singing. And I can tell you right now that I blasted this song in the speakers of my car, my old Saturn, <laughs> um, plenty of times. And I, I can tell you right now that I've been at a couple different uh, uh, stops, stoplights yelling, I can end the world in a Holocaust <laughs> with, with windows rolled down. And some old lady looking at me like, dude, you need to shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much it. That, that's uh... the song is so complicated. It, it it like and it sounds simplistic. Like when you when you go through the lyrics and everything, and its outward meaning is really simplistic. But the actual song in itself is super complicated with a lot of real hidden meanings. Um, we're looking at, like you said, the development of an individual going from riding a bike with no handlebars to gaining power, becoming a world leader and blowing the planet up. Right. Right. But in a metaphorical sense, we're also looking at, um, somebody entering politics. They're already an adult. They're entering politics and riding your bike with no handlebars symbolizes uh, a very benign action. They're just seeing what they can do. And now they're catching attention, Right. And then they're moving into things like designing an engine 64 miles to the gallon of gasoline. People are believing they're helping them, you know, and they're just being allowed to do these things and they're gaining that trust. And then it progresses to, I no longer need your faith. I no longer need your trust because you've given me enough power. I can do whatever I want. Yes. And they go into that. So it's this huge metaphor. Um, so we're looking, the entire song in itself is a double entendre and it's, it's brilliant. And there's really one line in there that stands out to me in a very, very broad manner. Um, and that is the line specifically where he says, I can tell you about Leif Erickson. Yes. Nobody, can anybody really tell you about Leif Erickson? I mean, maybe you heard it, heard that name watching SpongeBob growing Happy up, Leif right? Happy Leif Erickson day. Jinkin' darkin' darkin'. Right. <laughs> but that is mentioned specifically in this song for a very strong reason. And that is, um, and I forget the world leader who said it, the significant person in history, but the winners of the wars write the history books. And the idea is he can tell you about Leif Erikson, but he leaves it there. He just says, I can tell you about him and he moves on. And it's a strongly symbolic because Leif Erikson is the Viking that discovered America. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
But we don't hear about that in our history books. Christopher Columbus discovered America, right? And though he was sailing for Spain, but still, we're looking at world leaders who write the history books. And the truth, they're, they're pointing out that they know the truth, and they're deliberately hiding it from us. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that's what that's my takeaway from the song. Good take. Yeah. I agree. I agree. I, uh, there was, when that song came out, me and my brother were making small YouTube videos. And one thing that we would do is we would lip sync, uh, and make music videos for, uh, for different songs. Like we did, uh, I'm not crying by flight of the Concords. And some of them got taken down because of copyright violations. We didn't understand what that was when we were, uh, 11 <laughs> or 12 but we didn't know what that was so a lot of them got taken down and we had to pull them but this is one of the songs that we wanted to do we knew this song by heart we could sing the entire thing on beat uh getting the elements together to make a music video of it the very first thing was going to be us riding around on one of our what our younger brother's bicycle and pull the handlebars off and just be like riding it kind of with like a, a unicycle for a front tire like you know and not having a handlebars for it. Um, and we couldn't get the elements for the rest of the song because it involves nuclear war and all kinds of stuff. Um, <laughs> but I, mean, like, I don't think most average kids would be able to yeah, well, really I'm walk down to Home Depot and be like, yo, can I get a nuke, please? Right. So, well, hold on. You know, we couldn't... It's not entirely improbable that he couldn't have gotten his hands on stuff. There was a toy in the 70s called an atomic playset that came with i believe it was plutonium it was plutonium or uranium one of the two but they oh, literally geez. it was radioactive material in a children's play set and you could do uh miniature um reactions in a, a centrifuge type thing that came with it yeah but i mean they you can't <laughs> try to go on to ebay these days and find lawn darts like you know they, they take oh, all yeah. that all that fun stuff away but we we ended up you know canning the idea but we loved this song and we knew exactly what it was about. And it was that disturbing, you know, increase in, you know, the uh, the level of the song from very basic means all the way up to global destruction that was so like interesting to us. And it was such a cool song and it was catchy and we could, you know, we'd we'd sing the entire song without any music playing. Like we just knew this thing by heart. So I like that it was part of this, you know, this deep dive uh, that Jeremy did because that song is so familiar to me and I still like it to this day. It's still a a really cool song. It's still a really cool like, you know, hey guys, uh, wake up sort of song. You know, (laughs) this is and it's even like you said, it's even more, um, you know, apparent today that this is the reality that, Mm -hmm. you know, we are you know, the average person has so little influence on anything around them. Yeah. And there's, you know, at any one point, you know, your house could get struck by a hellfire missile. (laughs) (laughs) If you're doing the wrong thing at the wrong time, you know, depending on where you're at in the world, it's more of a reality than maybe here in the United States, but it's, you know, what can you do against the global elite? Right. So yeah, it's very cool. And in the fact that it came out in 2000, where sure it was relevant then, but even more relevant now that that song has certainly aged like a fine wine. I kind of want to thank CJ for pointing out what he did, because that kind of leads into 
a little bit of my my thing as well because uh, the the song I talked about also mentions uh, Christopher Columbus as well in it. Cool. So, um, but like, yeah, it's kind of when you when we grow uh, grew up, right? Uh, and saying like the histories and the victors, like um, I know I celebrated Columbus Day, and I just knew that yeah, it was him, right? That was the guy that found America, right? Not realizing what or putting two and two together like why is it called america and not like some guy named americo is the initial person that found it and like we're named after that and then like him thinking that this was india was stuff like they were adding into the textbooks as i was like taking like my courses so it was like brand new material so it's like a lot of the stuff that they re-dug up or, or even they so i i see that like change can happen um but like the definitely if you're looking back in like the 40s or 50s i feel like it was definitely a uh, rose tinted glasses right so uh and i think that's the the general idea like this is basically saying hey like keep your eyes up man this is like something that uh, a person of power can do it's it's very interesting, like the the fact that we have something like this. Yeah, that's one thing that I liked about this this song. Right, is it, it could be there could be a lot of different meetings, and uh, like CJ and Jake and you, Andrew, were were talking about a lot of the history and the politics in the world. You have absolutely no control over, and I think that this song really outlines that very well. So, just to cap it off, so what was the the true meaning and story behind the song? Honestly, I believe it comes down to one question. Who do you see singing the song? If you picture the song being sung by a child or a teenager who thrives on the attention of others, then most likely this song is about a kid with a troubling future. But if you were listening to this song and picture it being told by, let's say, the President of the United States, then you're listening to the signs and signals that we should pay attention to about someone who may be leading themselves down a bad path that ends in world control and genocide. Either way you look at it, it sounds a lot like the issues that we are currently having with our political leaders now, no matter what side of the aisle you sit on. Are we listening to a song that is trying to warn us of a global downfall at the hands of a select few? Are we listening to the story of America? What do you think? And that's all I got. It's very well said, sir. Very well. Hey, everybody. Bear with us while we take this quick break. Salutation Shades, and welcome back to your one-stop shop for all things strange and unusual, Talking with Shadows, the conversation everyone has, but no one wants to admit to. Here with your host, Vic Whaley. And Marcus D. Now come along with us as we explore the most obscure things our universe has to offer. We specialize in helping people make sense of the most bizarre phenomenon you'll ever come across. You'll get all the great topics such as UFOs, cryptids, and psychic phenomenon, but also some stories that are so spectacular, they scare people to believe that they're true. Now take a seat, and welcome to the One Candle Society. But always remember, keep believing. Because we'll keep listening. Uh, so, uh, I this is a, another song 
um, that I grew up with. Uh, I know it was big in like middle school for me because I went through my uh, heavy industrial metal, metal rock uh, phase for it. So uh, it was a political band um, that I kind of didn't really uh, pay attention to lyrics. Uh, it was more of just like, yeah, they're loud and uh i like how they sound they rocked out like it wasn't until like later years that when i was listening to it that i was like oh this has like super meaning behind it um but the song that i i am doing is um by rage against the machine uh sleep now in the fire um nice. now, Ra- rage against the machine they were known for uh covering very like things about society and government right this band, uh, just to give a preference, they broke up um, in 2007, uh, but they actually did get back together. Um, and unfortunately, because of current events, coronavirus, uh, they actually were going to do World Horror 2020, but because of the COVID pandemic, they had to stop it. And uh, we'll be picking it back up, hopefully. Um, but the band is not... Um, they don't have a problem making statements, right? Uh, they're uh, and the cool thing about this, uh, two of the big things that uh, the band was known for was both for this Sleep Now in the Fire. Uh, so there was an instance where the bass guitarist um, upset because he knew, and there was like other things to it, but like he saw at the MTV Music Awards, the best rock uh, video was going to go to uh, Limp Biscuit, which uh, breaks stuff. So he got up on stage, climbed up on the uh, object that was on there, like the background, the art, and just basically took it down or tried to take it down. And I was like, everyone was like, what the hell is this guy doing? What is he doing? And he's just uh, went to jail for it. Right. Unfortunately, he wasn't able to break the structure, but it was kind of like a political move to say, like, he raged against the machine. Hell yeah. Uh, and then the the I really want I, I know the lyrics are, uh, are a key point to this, but uh, the music video for this was such a, a nice uh, comparison or tie in because um, they actually got a, a famous uh, left wing uh, documentary filmmaker, uh, Michael Moore, to direct the actual uh, music video. Hey man, so, you know when it comes to, when it comes to the music, yeah, the lyrics are important, but a lot of times the videos themselves are uh, a, a, an addition. That it's like it's like adding the right arm when you already have your left arm. Man, it goes yeah. hand in hand with it all. It's incredible stuff, especially when you have more videos like Corns. Um, y'all want a single, right? So yes, I definitely understand everything you're saying. Yeah, um, and the the cool part about it is the there was a funny a uh, story that the guitarist told. Um, and the guitarist was like a Harvard gra- graduate. Uh, so like he was one of the, I think they were all like, except for the singer, I think they were all like um, graduates of like some upper uh, things. I'm not 100% on that, but I know the guitarist was a Harvard graduate. Um, he basically said in like a, a concert that Michael told them to play no matter what, right? Just don't stop. So they had a permit to actually be on the federal stairs outside of uh, the stock market, Wall Street, uh, and play on the stairs. Uh, but they didn't have a permit to play on the street. So uh, they started like going onto the street and the cops trying to shut them down, like going up to them and like 
unplugging the instruments and other things, not knowing that uh, it was recording. They weren't actually playing. Like, it was just a sound in the background. They were, like, strumming along like most artists do. Uh, but because of that, like, they started trying to arrest people, and they arrest, like, one uh, Michael Moore, because he was the director. And before he got arrested, he looked back at them and said, take the stock exchange. So the band, the music video crew, and, like, all the crowd that was there forced their way into the stock exchange and basically shut it down for like up to 18 minutes. Could you imagine the fits that were being thrown? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I loved it. That I watched the that was today was the first time I've ever seen the music video. Yeah. Heard the song before, never seen the music video and it was awesome. And I was like, dude, cuz it looked so real. I'm glad that you're bringing that up cuz I didn't I didn't do any research into it cuz I was like I'm sure that it's going to get covered and that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. There there's also like a side note. Michael Moore made like uh, signs so, like, you'll see during the music video, you'll think that this is probably something recent, but it actually happened in 2000. One of the signs that he handed out to the people was uh, Trump for president. What? Really? Yeah. Yeah. Because he the, was, it was uh, back when he ran for the reform party. Yeah. Trump ran for president oh, in 1998. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> So, like, you, you could see it and just be like, wow, this is because it still pertains to the modern day stuff. So I'll give you I'll give you the breakdown now that I, I gushed over um, one of my favorite lines in the uh, thing um, was there is no other pill to swallow. So take the one. I'm oh, sorry. There is no other pill to take. So swallow the one that makes you ill. And it is literally a metaphor for. Uh, taking or dealing with the U.S. government or dealing with the idea of um, putting up with this necessary evil to have our society, right? Because uh, Sleep Now and the Fire has a lot of uh, lyrics that are pertaining to uh, capitalism and just the uh, negative side of things, Um and as I said, there was a, a spot where right after that, he says, uh, and it, it is like all, I'm just going to read you like the ending course, right? So mm-hmm. for it's the end of history, it's caged and frozen still. There is no other pill to take. So swallow the one that makes you ill. The Nina, the Pinta, the Santa Maria, the noose and the rapist, the fields overseer, the agents of orange, the priest of Hiroshima. The cost of my desire, sleep now in the fire. And it's such like strong words, right? Strong, powerful words that like you see our government, our Western government d- democracy and uh, things that we did that, like Agent Orange, right? That's yeah. Hiroshima. Yeah. Um, and everything in the name of, of gaining power and, and capital. Yeah. And you, you just see that like, and another part of the music video, it had like a breakdown of like a satire of like who wants to be a millionaire. And the questions were like, how many broke people are there in the United States? Uh, the richest people are the 10 richest Americans owning 80% of all the wealth. Mm-hmm. Uh, millions of people who live on less than $1 a day in the whole world. Right. Mm-hmm. And I know you guys know that because there's a very lovely song 
in the arms of an angel. <laughs> 25 cents a day can get you uh, making that person live on $1 less a day. $2 a month can make sure that CJ isn't butthurt. Hey. <laughs> I don't think anything's going to fix that. You'll need a lot more than $2. <laughs> yeah, just a plug. Um, it's, almost, it's all stretched out. Like it's bad. Yeah. Y'all seen so, Goatsy? <laughs> oh. But like, they they were such a politically charged uh, band, and it, it made me uh, so happy to like rediscover them and uh, listen to the lyrics and not just hear that like uh, beat or or other things like that, uh, and go back and listen and say, "Damn, like that." This is still pertaining to modern day society. We're still in this boat. Like we are still running into problems like this of. Uh, us forcing upon democracy of other nations or um, something like corruption or other things falling through. Um, and I know I don't want to get too political, but like there were recent events for it. I don't know if you want to cut out the, this, but like the stuff that happened in Haiti with the assassination mm. of the president. Oh, and, um, yeah, and uh, Tanzania and uh, yeah. there's a third country too. Yeah. yeah I was yeah. going to say they, uh, I mean, we, we might get a strike for this, but, you know, whatever. But the uh, the three countries who refused the COVID vaccination, all three of their presidents have been are, are dead now. Yeah. Yep. And it's just crazy to me. Like, the you can, it's just the same idea as your song, uh, having uh, assassination, right? Because that talks about just having assassination, no one caring, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like... It's it's just basically these artists telling us back in two thousands, like, look, wise up because this is happening. Like, you don't think it is, and but Big Brother's there and he's doing what he can do without you making like batting an eye or anything. You know, one thing about Rage Against the Machine is like they are the band that is known for this stuff. You can look at any Rage Against the Machine song and you're basically going to see a similar thing. But Andrew, I like how you uh, picked out that music video and you you took that apart because that was really, really cool. I have seen that music video before, but I did not know that that was actually like happening. That that none of that was scripted. That was legit. they, They got permits to be on the stairs. Right. right, but yeah, but even, even though they were on the stairs, that like, dude, Michael Moore got arrested. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, like, jeez, man, like that was some crazy stuff. That that is absolutely insane. I'm actually really, really glad that um, you brought the concept of video into this too. That's yeah, that's absolutely. Awesome. I agree. Yeah, video killed the radio <laughs> star, man. Facts. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, so we're gonna actually stop this episode here one of the things that we're trying to do for infinite rabbit hole is giving you guys a little bit of shorter episodes uh we seem to found we have seemed to have found a trend where the shorter ones are starting to are are showing that they're doing a little bit better maybe you guys like listening to shorter episodes so you're not having to commit to an entire hour and a half uh a week then you know which we completely understand so we're going to go ahead and cut part one now and we'll pick up part two uh next friday so please stand by for part two and before we do leave you, I want to leave you guys with a question, and we're going to discuss it at the end of the second part next Friday. Why are these one percenters trying to help us in this way? And for those patrons, uh, how this affects the bottom of the hole, 
is that the bottom of the hole will be at the end of the the second episode. So when the the second episode releases, that is when the bottom of the hole will become available to our patrons. And for, the, for those of you that do not know what the bottom of the hole is, that is where we take an additional story relating to the episode that we just had and we put it on our page patreon just for our patrons and only for them so if you want to hear more stuff that we're going to talk about that relates to the stuff that we're talking about this week and next week sign up for patron patreon sorry any tier gets you the bottom of the whole content and i believe that our our bottom tier andrew correct me if i'm wrong is at two dollars uh yeah i believe uh, for only $2 a month, you guys can get bonus content to some of your favorite episodes, which started with season three. So anything uh, from season three on, if you like that that content and you want to hear us take a deeper dive into some more of that same stuff, sign up for our Patreon, help the show, help us grow, help us get you better content, and let us know that you love us because we love you. Other than that, that has been another episode of Infinite Rabbit Hole, and we'll see you next week. Hey, everyone. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Infinite Rabbit Hole. If you'd like to reach out to us, you can do so at infiniterabbithole at gmail.com. Follow us at facebook.com forward slash infinite rabbit hole. Follow us on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash infinite rh. Follow us on Instagram at infinite underscore rabbit underscore hole. We're always looking for someone that has a story to share. So if you feel like you've experienced a strange encounter with something that you can't explain, Reach out to us. Let us know. Come on. Have a good time. Tell your story. And if for some reason you don't want to show up on a podcast, send us a letter in our email in a format that we can read to the fans. And we'll be more than happy to read it to everybody. Well, that's all for this episode. We'll see you next time down the infinite rabbit hole. This interview is very disappointing. The sensationalizing, the phantasmagoria, and the fear-mongering, and to steep everything in a mystery so there's no answers to keep it a perpetual mystery is really sickening. And it's sad that the audience basically sit on the edge of their seats for a bunch of this garbage. Uh, When are we going to take you know, researching the unknown to the next step? Or or are we going to just call it stuff like cryptopunkology, which means nothing? The infinite rabbit hole? 
is just a good name to say that will never solve anything and keep everybody who even has an interest in this feeling that they have no clue and they'll generate no answers. How sickening this podcast.